Well, hello there. This is Rev D, and welcome to the Pathways to We podcast. In this podcast, we explore the collective consciousness. We explore how it is that we actually live together and grow together. How do we create societies that are just, that are equal, where everybody has a chance to be vibrant and uh, flourishing? So welcome to this a journey into our greater yet to be. The other day, I was having a counseling session with a young lady. She's a close to 15 years old, a sophomore in high school. I particularly love working with teenagers. And she poses this question. She just asks, like, what is peace? And how do you get uh, to peace? Our conversation really is inspiring this particular podcast episode. The first thing I said to her that just blew her little mind is I said that peace is a choice. Peace is a choice. It's an inside job. Uh, Too many of us are waiting for the circumstances to change. We're looking to find peace within the context of whatever it is that's uh, going on. And I said, no, no, no. I said, peace is not the absence of anything. She can't be waiting for things to change or to not be there in order for you to be peaceful. I said, have you ever been in a room where there was no real obvious antagonation or hostility going on, but there also was absolutely no peace. In fact, I contend that some of the most chilling fights I have ever had with people, uh, particularly significant others, is when nobody was saying anything. When nobody was saying anything. It reminds me of a line in uh, the book, uh, The Help. I really, really, really recommend um, the book, The Help, particularly the audio program. It is brilliant, not like uh, what you see in the movie um, at all. It's a very different um, experience. And there is a point where one of the main characters is looking at something on television that has to do with civil rights. She's a domestic worker. The woman that she's working for is noticing her looking at this. And she's very disturbed because she doesn't want this stuff going on um, in her house. And there's this line where she says, Now, ain't this something? She said, we be having, I be looking at her and she be looking at me. And we be having this whole conversation and ain't nobody saying nothing. Peace 
is an inside job. You have to choose it. You have to choose peace before it looks like peace. Listen to what I'm saying. You have to choose peace even in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the turmoil. You can't wait till things shift and change to make you feel all warm and fuzzy and now I'm at peace. It's the other way around. Where you come unto the situation, you come unto it with this idea and this attitude that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the condition, regardless of who's doing what, I am not going to let it impact me to such a point as to get me off my game. I like basketball. And you know, in those moments when the opposition team has to do a free throw shot, usually because of a foul, and the home team is making all this noise and, and, and you know, waving things and whatnot, trying to disturb the concentration of the shooter. And you can tell when they let that stuff get inside their head. Because when they do, they're more likely to miss. But when they're able to tune that stuff out, just be focused, really, really focused. Then all of that other stuff just becomes background noise. Just background noise. You, you don't even let it bother you because it is no longer the focus of your attention. Our experience is not the what's going on. It's how we name what's going on. It's our narrative. It's our interpretation. Life ultimately is whatever it is that we say that it is. So if you want to have a different experience, the different experience doesn't come from things being different out there. The change in the experience comes from within you. This is especially true when it comes to this thing called peace. If we take a look at, for example, the Nobel Peace Laureates, if we look at people like um, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the Dalai Lama, um, Nelson Mandela, Eli Weasel, uh, more recently Malayla. If, if we look at these people, they weren't off on a mountaintop, just omen all day, living in bliss. They were in the thick of it. They were in the midst of it. So why did they get the Peace Prize? 
They didn't get the peace prize because all of their actions made everything peaceful around them. They got the peace prize because of their ability to choose peace, to stay peaceful within their own selves, and to have that peace that they were able to find within their own selves permeate out and be a source of inspiration for other people to also make that same choice and join them in that spot. So if King is walking arm in arm with dozens of people, thousands of people down the street, and they've got the dogs and they got the water hoses and the police and the billy clubs and all of the rest of that, and they're singing about we shall overcome. Peaceful, I'm sure scared, but determined. Determined. Listen to what I'm saying. They weren't reacting and responding to all of the violence that was coming at them. There is nothing nonviolent about nonviolent social change. The only thing nonviolent about nonviolent social change is that the ones who are going about the change are not using violence to bring about the change. But if it cuts deeply enough, change is always responded to by some kind of violence. It may not start with physical violence initially. It may start with things like alienation or marginalization, hostilities, uh, humiliations, uh, discriminations, all these things. And then it eventually might escalate its way up to violence. But if you, as the change maker, are reacting with the same affect that those opposing you are using, then you've lost. You've lost because now you're on their agenda. Now you're on their vibration. You're whistling their tune. You have dummied down to their frequency of fear and hostility. At that point, you have lost not only the moral high ground, you've lost your own center. Peace is a choice. The same things are true on the collective level that are also true on the personal level and vice versa. So these very same things that I'm talking about that happen in a larger social political context are the exact same thing that happen in your home, that happen at your job, 
that happen in your spiritual communities, in your neighborhoods. Peace is a choice. So think about it. Think about those times when there's been some sort of tension or uh, some sort of estrangement between you and uh, somebody that that you're close to in your family or whatever. In order for that situation to change, one of you had to shift. One of you had to say, I don't want this. One of you had to say, I am more than this. We are more than this. I'm not going to sacrifice the joy that we can have. I'm not going to sacrifice our relationship in order to hold on to whatever this is that has been out of sorts. When you choose peace, you choose peace above being right. You choose peace above wanting to get even. You choose peace above waiting for somebody else to make some amends or to do something. You choose the peace not to try to manipulate them or to change them, but so that you can sleep at night. They may meet you or they may not. That's not your problem. You don't need them to shift. You don't need them to change what they're doing. You don't need them to uh, forgive you. You don't need them to accept your amends. You You don't really need any of that to have the peace. Because the peace is the inside job. It's the inside job. It's it's who you are, and it's what you bring uh, to the table. You get to choose. You get to choose your experience. You get to choose whether you're mad, whether you're calm, whether you're frustrated, whether you're elated, whether you're curious instead of judgmental, whether you are empathetic and compassionate, that's your choice. Things don't make us peaceful or not. There could be something simple. Let's just say you were expecting somebody to meet you someplace and you went and they were a no-show. You didn't hear from them. You texted them. You called them. There was no response. And what do you do then? What do you do then? Okay. So your mind starts to think, or can start to think, I, I got ghosted. I got ghosted. 
and you start to get mad. Who are they? Who are they to treat me like this? Another path you may go is you start to worry. Oh my, if they didn't come, there there must be something wrong. There, there, There must be something bad. Okay, so one reaction is anger. The other is fear and worry. Or you might go, hmm, I don't know what happened. But I'm not going to make up a story about what happened. I'm just going to wait and see what was going on. It's like pushing a pause button before you start filling in all of the blanks with a bunch of stuff that you don't even know to be true. All three of those is going to cause a different emotional reaction within you. So, let's say three, four, five hours later, the same person gets in contact with you. Turns out, mm, their phone was stolen. All of a sudden, if you were feeling like you were ghosted and they didn't show up and how could they diss you and disrespect you like this, in an instant, in a nanosecond, that leaves. The worry that you had that something might bad about might have happened to them in a nanosecond, it's gone. That sense of curiosity that I'm just going to wait until I find out, that's gone. Okay. What happened to you or what happened didn't change. They still didn't show up. And you were still there. Waiting. That didn't change. But now your experience of that circumstance has completely shifted. It's completely shifted because you have a new narrative about it. You have a new story about it. And your experience is your story about it. The ego self within us is always wanting to protect us. It's always wanting to defend us. So depending upon how vulnerable we feel, depending upon how insecure we're feeling, will determine to what lengths our ego self is going to do things that, in its mind, put itself in a more advantageous position. You ghosted me. All right, I'm blocking you. I don't even want to hear from you anymore. It's a preemptive strike to try to prevent ourselves from being hurt anymore. If I'm afraid you've been hurt, 
and I'm in all this worry. That's making me anxious. That's making me feel bad. So that self-protective part of me that cannot stand being in this unknown that is feeling like, ah, I ought to be doing something. Uh, you know, maybe they need me. You know, can I protect them? What's going on? You're going to be calling everybody and doing everything that you can to come to the rescue. So that you can feel better about yourself. And not feel like you were just sitting around doing nothing when somebody else was in distress. Okay. So that second response, the ego self isn't feeling as threatened as the first one. But it still all boils down to how you see yourself. To how you see yourself. It's an inside job. And when you choose and you say, I don't care what the circumstance is. I am going to let myself feel grateful. I am going to still let my light shine. I'm going to be nice and empathetic and creative. I'm going to show up with my best self, no matter what is going on. That's the way you get to peace. I don't care whether you're talking about you in your own home. I don't care about if we're talking about society. Peace is an inside job. You have to start there first. When you see it expressed on the outer, small scale, large scale, it's because the people have already gotten there individually individually the only way you're going to have peaceful relationships is if the people in the relationship bring the peace with them just breathe that in for a moment I'm reminded now of the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. So the question here is, will you be an instrument of peace? It's a choice. I I know you've been looking outside, wondering when it was going to stop being crazy out there. Well, the answer to it being a little less crazy out there is when we stop meeting crazy with crazy. When we stop meeting crazy with fear. 
when we stop meeting judgment with judgment, blame with blame. It's your choice. What do you really want to experience? Well, pass this along, share it, have conversations about this with other people. And until next time, see you later.